Good morning, everybody. We are experiencing a first here at New Life, and that is I'm here uh, in the auditorium, and none of you are here. It's kind of different, and we are charting a new territory. So uh, bear with us this morning if we've got a few things that are hiccups along the way, but uh, I want to begin this morning by actually saying thank you to our team. Uh, over here to my right is Steve sitting on our computer system. He's done a lot of work to get that up and running. Uh, Christopher, our youth director, has been helping us get things prepared for today. And our staff team have been meeting and doing all kinds of things behind the scenes. Our leadership team had to make some tough decisions this week. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who's had a part in making this happen. So these are kind of new days. These are uncertain days. Uh, these are days with great opportunity for all of us. So we're going to just walk through a few things this morning. I've got a message I want to share, uh, and then we'll finish with prayer. So the first thing you can do is actually, if you're on, um, if you've got a YouTube account or you've got a Google account, you're probably already on our chat. Many of you are. But just log in, say hi, let us know that you're tracking with us. And uh, you can see what people have had for breakfast and other things like that. We've been getting a lot of questions from you. Uh, you know, what about this and what about that? When can we meet? How can we meet? Uh, a lot of people have been asking about how do we continue to support the church? How do we give? And I just wanted to take a moment to explain that, that many of you are already uh, doing that in an automatic way, monthly or weekly payments. Um, but there's an opportunity for you right now to, if you're not doing that, to go to our website and in the top right corner of the newlifecollingwood.com website, you can click the Give button and it will just explain a number of different ways that you could do that. Uh, one is through the website and to do it that way. Another one is through e-transfers. Or you can do it through texting. If you've got your phone, just dial this number, 84321, and you'll get a response when you text that number and it will explain to you how you could do that just through texting and the amount. And we know that some of you just prefer checks or cash in an envelope, and we would ask that maybe by Monday or Tuesday this week, just stop by the church from 8 to 2, anytime in that time period, and uh, you can leave it there at the office, and we'll take care of it from there. So that's all I want to say about that, because we've been getting a lot of questions about that, so that's why I'm addressing that. It, and... Um, That probably answers enough of the how you want to do that. So I want to begin simply by inviting all of us to pray right now. And a lot of you are gathered around your computer as families. Uh, some of you are individuals. Uh, one of you is watching from some glacier somewhere, probably on your phone. And that is very cool. I know some of you are in Florida and some of you are in Cincinnati. And you haven't been able to join us for a number of Sundays, so now we expect you to attend church every Sunday because you have no excuses. And uh, we'll look for you each week. But why don't we pray together? And I'm going to pray the Lord's Prayer and then the Jesus Creed that we've been looking at uh, since last week. Father in heaven, we invite you to honor your name today. May your name be glorified. Establish your kingdom, God, so that things happen here on earth just like they do in heaven. Give us what we need for today and grant us the bread of the kingdom for tomorrow. 
Forgive our sins, Lord, for they're many, as we forgive others when they sin against us. May we not be led into temptation or trial, but if it must be, then deliver us from the evil one. The kingdom is yours. Power and glory belong to you, now and forever. Amen. And we recite the creed that Jesus gave us, not only his prayer, but the creed that we would love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we love our neighbor as ourselves. We offer ourselves to you as your people to serve and to help and to glorify your name today. Amen. Amen. So this is all kind of new. We're um, keeping it really simple today, so you're just going to get to experience the talking head here. And I want to make sure that I'm not missing the things that I've been instructed to talk about. So for the next little while, I want to uh, just bring a message for us, and hopefully it'll be an encouragement uh, for you. And... um, something that you can think about how you're going to respond in the midst of all this this coming week. So I want to start by saying that Jesus prayed a prayer every day that helped him focus on what was most important. Every day he prayed this prayer. We know we have the Lord's Prayer that he taught us how to pray, but there were prayers that Jesus prayed every day, including prayers out of the Psalms. But this particular prayer is actually focusing on the Jesus Creed that we introduced last Sunday. And I felt today that uh, as we're responding to this COVID-19, that it was actually appropriate to stay in the series that we are looking at, and that is the Jesus Creed. And the prayer that Jesus prayed every day was actually not his own that he made up. It was taken from a prayer that he learned as a young boy, a young Jewish boy. It's from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. And it just goes like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And, of course, we know that Jesus added another section to that. He did something that nobody else pretty much had done before him. And he took that, what was considered the word of God, and he pulled from another piece, not only from Deuteronomy, but Leviticus 19.18. And he pulled in this other part, and he said, this is really important. Love God with your whole being, but so is this. It's equally important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that's what we're calling the Jesus Creed. We've been looking at some of the creeds in the church, but what we feel like is if we're going to live by one creed, this is the one creed that Jesus actually gave us himself. And it's a prayer he prayed every day to help him focus on what was important. When he prayed, it's called the Shema. When he prayed the Shema, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, it was actually a prayer that helped him center himself It kept God in the center of his life so that he could go about his day um, focused on that. And he could do all the things that were uh, a part of his day. And yet this prayer was a centering prayer. It kept him grounded and it kept him focused on his heavenly father. And of course he knew that the outworking of that prayer was to love your neighbor as yourself. So he lived that. And I think it's a prayer that he gave us. When he was challenged and he said, what's the most, uh, the, the religious leader said, what is the most important commandment that we should follow? It was like a trick question for Jesus. They were looking to trap him. And yet very wisely, he just responded, 
It's to do this. It's to love God with your whole being. And now let me tell you what that looks like. It's to love your neighbor as yourself. There were 613 commands in the Old Testament that scholars at his time had figured out. These are all of them. So which ones should we be following? And Jesus just said, you can take all those 613 and narrow them down to these two. Love God and love others. And that's his relationship with the Shema. It was a centering prayer. It's a prayer he gave for us. I think it's a great prayer that we might think about praying every day. When we get up, before we put our feet on the floor or off the bed, we just declare that God is one and that we're to love God with our whole being and we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we can include the Lord's Prayer that Jesus gave us along with that, just as a way to start our day, as a way to end our day. And here's the thing, the, the Shema, the name of this prayer that Jesus prayed from Deuteronomy 6, actually is based on the premise that God loves us. So the command is, love God with your whole being, but it's based on the premise that God actually loves us already. The reason God invites us to love him is because he's already showered his love upon humanity, upon his children, upon his people. And so Jesus is is giving us this prayer that is a reminder that God loves us. You know, the person of Moses is the one that much of the, the, the Pentateuch or the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, are attributed to. And what's interesting about this prayer being based on the premise that God loves us is what Moses experienced in his journey with God. And you can read about that in the book of Exodus, in the first three chapters particularly. But in chapter 3, it's the story of Moses and the burning bush. Now, many of you will be familiar with that story. And if you read through that chapter in Exodus 3, what you discover is that God gets Moses' attention, and then he says to Moses, I have heard the suffering of my people. I've heard them groaning and crying out. And I'm very much concerned about how they are doing. I know their pain, I know their suffering, I know that they're scared, and I intend to do something about it. Because that's what God does, he intervenes. And as you get near the end of that chapter, the way God does this is he, is he invites Moses to partner with him. So God says, Moses, I'm going to do something about it, and you're going to be the main thing, the, the main person that I use to actually do something. And so the Shema is based on this premise that God loves us already and he's going to continue to love us and he's inviting us to experience that love and he's inviting us to share that love in relationship. And so Jesus takes the Shema and and then quotes it and then adds from Leviticus 19.18 and says not only do we love God but we love our neighbors ourselves and that's what we refer to as the Jesus Creed. So the Jesus Creed is an invitation to receive that love that God has given to us and to participate in that love, and to bask in that love. And there's a number of different ways that we can love God, and one of them is by being with God. And I think that's what things like the prayer that Jesus gave us to pray, the Lord's Prayer, or quoting the Shema, when we take the time to stop, to be silent, to calm our breathing, and to say these prayers, they're more than just telling God what we want so that God might behave the way we think he should behave. These are prayers that shape us, they form us, they uh, ground us, they center us. And so the, the Shema is an invitation to participate in that love, to receive it. 
the Jesus Creed is an invitation to participate in God's love, to receive it. It's also an invitation to reciprocate that love. Not only do we receive God's love, we give it back to him. And the best way that we can show our love for God and giving that love back to him is by loving other people. And it brings us right back to Matthew 22, verses 37 and 39, where Jesus takes the Shema about loving God with your whole being, and he combines it with loving your neighbor as yourself. So we show our love for God through the way that we love other people. One another in the body of Christ, but actually anyone who is, our, who is in need is our neighbor. And when Jesus was asked, you know, if I love my neighbor as myself, who's my neighbor? Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. And in Luke chapter 10, we read that story and we realize that our neighbor is anybody who's in need. The best way we love God is by loving others. And the best way we can love others right now is to protect and care for the most vulnerable and to look after them. So the Shema in Deuteronomy 6 says to love God with your whole being. And then the way that gets worked out, if you just turn a a few pages over to Deuteronomy chapter 10, I want to read a few verses from you. Because in this chapter 10, God is basically repeating this idea of calling the nation to love him. And then he says this, The Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. Deuteronomy 10, 17. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God, who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. And then this verse here, verse 18. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. So you too must show love to foreigners, to the orphan, to the widow, for you yourselves were foreigners in the land of Egypt. And here's this reminder of God saying, this is what love looks like. You care for the most vulnerable. You care for the marginalized. You care for the sick. You care for the hungry. You care for the hurting and the homeless. And Jesus tells a story in Matthew 25, and he says, when you do these things, when you give housing to the homeless, when you feed the hungry, when you care for the sick, when you clothe the naked, when you're doing those things, you're actually doing it for me. And so the best way to show our love for God is to love others. And the best way to love others right now is to take care of the most vulnerable. And that is why we have made the decision to suspend our public gatherings because we want to be serious about the health of our community. Not just our New Life community, but our community in the Georgian Triangle. And so we're taking the advice of, uh, of the local health authorities seriously. And there's about 5,000 people that have viewed that video that we put out of Dr. Quigg. And that was a big help for us. So we wanted to be responsible in our leadership when we had our meeting this week. And we were fortunate that he could join us and give us some, some guidance and some input. So it was not an easy decision to make. And yet we feel like it was the most responsible thing to do. Because God's heart is always for the vulnerable. It's always for for the marginalized or the outcast. And we want to make sure that our heart beats the same way that God's does. So there's two things we're trying to accomplish by not meeting here in person. And the first is what I've already stated. You know, let's make sure that we're protecting the people in our society who who are actually really in danger as this virus spreads through our community. 
And you can find out the details of more about why when you look at the video that we've posted on our YouTube site. And if you haven't watched it, you can go there and watch it. The other thing that we want to do is make sure that we're not overwhelming the, the healthcare system. And uh, we have a, a fair number of people in the congregation who are healthcare professionals. And we've reached out to them just to say, like, can you be a resource for us if we're thinking about doing things? We want to make sure that what we're doing is, is wise and smart. And we need smart people around us, so we're leaning on them a little bit right now. But our hospital service is 50,000 people, and there's only two ventilators. And we want to make sure that we're not spreading this disease, making people sick, and overwhelming the healthcare system, which is what happened in Italy, which is what's happening in Spain right now. So those are our biggest reasons for why we chose not to meet. And some of you might still be wondering. And it's just a call that you make. And hopefully we've made the right call. The really cool thing about this is that this is a great opportunity for us to step up and to serve our communities. I want to tell you a story about uh, the Christians in the first couple of hundred years. There's a church historian named Eusebius writing in the 3rd, 4th century. And he was writing about how uh, when there was war, when there was famine, when there was disease, most people were running away from cities. He was actually writing about a city called Caesarea. And he was writing about how most people were running away, but the Christians were the ones who were running headlong into the midst of the storm. And it was interesting, and I, and I want to read for you what he wrote. He said, All day long, some of them, the Christians, tended to the dying and to, to the burial of those who had died, countless numbers with no one to care for them. Others gathered together from all parts of the city, a multitude of those withered from famine, and they distributed bread to all of them. Their deeds were on everyone's lips, and they glorified the God of the Christians. Now, about three decades after Eusebius wrote this stuff, the emperor at the time was a guy named Julian, and he was uh, not that favorable to Christianity. And he had some correspondence with uh, one of the priests from the what we would call a pagan temple uh, at the time. And those were the dominant um, the dominant religion of the day were these different temples that, that Christians didn't participate in. And Julian was writing back and forth to this priest because it was the, the effort of Christians in times of great chaos and, and famine and disease that people were amazed at. Their self-sacrificial love stood out. And this is what Julian wrote to, the, to the, one of the local priests that he was corresponding with. When it came about that the poor were neglected and overlooked by the pagan priests, then I think the impious Galileans, that's another name for Christians, they observed this fact and they devoted themselves to philanthropy. They support not only their own poor, but ours as well. And all people see that our people lack aid from us, but they receive it from the Christians. And this, we actually have a fragment of that letter that he wrote in 337 A.D., and see, I think throughout history, when times of great difficulty has come upon societies, uh, I'm grateful that many people in the church have actually run into the, the eye of the storm and done what they could to help. And so I think we've got this wonderful opportunity before us to step up and to serve our community. So if we're going to love our neighbors as ourselves and do that by protecting the most vulnerable and when we're doing this, we're showing our love for God, then I want to ask you to do a number of things here, and I'm just going to walk through this list. And the first thing I want to do is ask you to pray. 
Pray for our community. Pray for our healthcare workers, the people who are on the front line, because it will get worse, and they're going to be busy, and they're going to be tired, and we want to support them in any way that we can. And one of the best things we can do is to, is to actually just say, God, give them the strength they need. Give them the wisdom they need. Give them the resources that they need. But I also want you to pray and ask God to give you courage. Courage to see what you might be able to do. Not unreasonable and not in an unsafe way, but to actually have courage and to fill you with generosity so that you would be willing in a generous way to share your time, to share your things, your stuff, your food, uh, your toilet paper, and to share your resources uh, in times of need like this. We want to mobilize our New Life family. So uh, there are about 500 of you that connect with New Life fairly regularly. And we want to use this opportunity to mobilize ourselves in a response to what's happening in our community. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you went on to our homepage at newlifecollingwood.com, there was this annoying pop-up window, that uh, big blue pop-up window that was there. And we don't typically employ those, but today we did. And it talks about a COVID-19 response team. And if you click on that pop-up window, uh, it'll take you to a page where you can sign up. And, and it's just simply saying, I want to be part of this team. Or if you scroll down to the bottom of our page, there's a, a button on the bottom right corner that says event group events or group registration, sign up. If you click on that, it'll take you to service teams. And when you get to service teams, you go to the COVID-19 response, and it'll bring you to the same page. But it's a lot easier to just use the pop-up window. Put your name on there, and then in the coming days and, and weeks, we've got a team of leaders who are going to be um, working with some of the local community groups so that we kind of partner together with people in how we respond. And there's this great opportunity for us, maybe to bring meals, maybe to check in on people, uh, to help with different things. We're not sure what the needs are going to be, but we want to make sure that we've got a team of people that are ready. And I think we all need to be able to pitch in. As long as you are a healthy person and you're not more at risk, like the most vulnerable, we're not asking you to do things that you, you're not feeling like you can do, um, but we are asking you to step up and to consider being involved in some way. So watch your email for more uh, information from us that will be coming out and look at the, the social media feeds that we have. Something you can do right now today and our family will be doing in that this afternoon is check on your neighbors. Just talk and find out, do you have needs? Um, maybe we could work together in the coming weeks to take care of each other. And we'll be doing that uh, with our neighbors. And you might think, hey, I don't know my neighbors. Well, what a great opportunity to knock on the door and say, hi, I see you every day, and now I'm actually going to say something to you. Uh, how are you? What do you need? How can I help? And then you can have this wonderful opportunity just to share Jesus' love with them in a very practical and tangible way. I want to encourage you, be prepared, be prudent, and prepare yourselves for, you know, uh, maybe being able to feed yourselves and what for a number of days, but please don't hoard. Uh, it's really sad to see what's happening uh, right now in our communities. And I think it's a bit of a commentary on our society. Uh, when, when things get bad, this actually shows you how we respond. And it seems to be kind of a free-for-all of every person for themselves. Uh, 
And as God's people, we don't want to behave that way. So we want to be prudent and prepare, but not hoard. And I actually did a little bit of research, like what's reasonable for preparing? And I saw some, some uh, responses such as enough food and water for everyone in your family for three days, or maybe up to a week. And in this case, maybe it's reasonable, like if you may get the disease and you need to quarantine for two weeks, then, then you, you know, have enough maybe for those two weeks. But what happens when we hoard is uh, it's an every person for themselves mentality. And actually, humanity has survived for ages by working together, not by being loners. And, and actually, that's the way God's people should function, is we serve one another and we look out for one another. And we also look out for the, for the community around us. So I'm going to ask you to do this. If you've been one of those people and you couldn't help yourself and you went and you hoarded a whole bunch of stuff... Would you pray and and ask if maybe you don't need all of that and make a good decision about what you do need and then look at what you don't need and think about how you could share that and make it available for some people who do. There are lots of people who may not be in the position that you are to to be able to hoard that much or to stock that much and they're going to be in need. And if you're not sure what to do with it, we're going to make the church available. You bring your stuff, you drop it off at the church. And it might just be like, I haven't been hoarding, but I've got all this extra stuff anyway, and I want to make it available for people. And we'll figure out how to get it to the right places or the right people who need it. So hopefully you're understanding that and we can work together on that. Heed the advice of our local authorities or of our provincial or federal authorities when they're telling us what we should and shouldn't be doing. Things like social distancing, it's a great way to try to flatten the curve, and those are the catchphrases that everyone's talking about now. I want you to know this. Uh, We're not having public services, so the room here is empty. That doesn't mean that we're closed. Some of you might be frightened and you need to talk. Some of you want to get involved and do something. Some of you may have some physical needs. Maybe you're some of our seniors, um, or you know some of our seniors. Please check in on one another and find out what the needs are. And if you've got a pastoral need, all you've got to do is send an email, make a phone call. Uh, you can even stop in. Um, we're doing a good job keeping this place really clean. And we're available to talk, and available to serve, and available to help you. I want to offer one final thing Um, because I've been asking you to pray and I think sometimes we say pray and then you might try praying and you're just thinking like I have no idea what to pray I can only pray the Lord's Prayer so many times Paul Um, and then what ends up happening is we just kind of ramble off some stuff and our prayers become kind of like we're trying to tell God to behave in the way that we think he should behave and then we kind of feel guilty about doing that Um, or we just feel like uh, however we're feeling is what our prayers end up being. So could I encourage you um, to go to the following website, soulkitchen.live, L-I-V-E. It's not .com, it's .live, soulkitchen.live. And there's a bunch of resources there, um, even guided prayers where you just click the play button and you can listen and be guided through. Or there's, if you go to the recipes section, you can actually download the Retreat and Daily Life booklet. And these are set prayers. These are um, practices that you can do where you don't have to think, like, what do I tell God this time? And these are like the Jesus Creed. These are like the Lord's Prayer. These are prayers that can form you, that can shape you. And it is a form of being with God and communing with God. And you might find it helpful. You might find it comforting. Um, 
Give it a try. See what you think. We just want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to offer the pastoral care that you need and to inspire us to serve our community. And it's a great opportunity. So I'm hoping that by the end of this, the, our time here that there's going to be a bunch of you that have jumped on the web page and signed up for our response team. And then we will be in touch with you, letting you know how we can serve. We just don't know what the needs are going to be yet, but we want to make sure that we're ready and mobilize it. So I want to finish our time with a prayer. And normally I, I pray extemporaneous prayers, but I wrote a prayer out this time. And I'm going to invite you to, to just pray with me as I pray this on our behalf. Father God, creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God of Israel, God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, true and living God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, have mercy and hear our prayers. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us. Most merciful God, we confess that we've sinned against you this day in thought and word and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and we have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy and forgive us that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory and honor of your name. During this time of uncertainty, we recognize that you are with us, that you care about those who are sick, that you care about those who are scared, that you understand our fear and our grief. We ask that you bring relief and healing to those who are sick. We ask that you share your comfort and peace to those who are scared. We ask for your comfort to those who are grieving. Open our hearts, God. Open our eyes to see those who are in need. Move our feet to go to them. Guide our hands to assist them. Give us wisdom in how we speak of this, in how we post. Stop us from complicity in spreading fear or false information. Stop us from judging others we think are weak or wrong in the decisions they're making right now. Fill our hearts with your love that we might give that love back to you through how we love one another. As your people, we commit today to seek out those who most need protection, who are most vulnerable, most in need. May we do all we can to, gr- to guard and lift them up, to provide for them and honor them by recognizing their needs. We trust you with our lives, Lord. We offer ourselves to be used by you for all of the least of these, for those who are vulnerable, who are shut in, who are sick and who are scared. Where there is doubt, let us sow faith. Where there is despair, may we bring hope. Where there is darkness, may we shine your light. Where there is sadness, may we bring joy. Where there is loneliness, may we bring presence. And where there is fear, may we bring comfort. We know that it's in giving that we receive, so we give ourselves to you this day. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us. Amen. Thanks for being with us today. Um, Call one another, check on your neighbors, sign up on the website, and uh, we will walk together. Look in your inbox for more instructions from us on how we're going to do ministry uh, in the coming coming days, in the the coming week. Um, 
Some of you parents are wondering about children and youth, and we're actually, we'll be deciding that this week, how we can maybe move to some online ministry for your teenagers or your children. And you can just um, stay tuned for that. Hopefully this all went well and you actually were able to, to follow along the entire time. And uh, we're grateful for your time and trust that uh, the Lord will be with you this day. So high five on the elbow. We'll see you guys uh, next Sunday, Lord willing. Bye for now.